1: What is next for you guys? Moving in together, wedding? What's up? I
2: think, like you know, obviously
0: babies. <laughs>
2: uh, really, like we we talked. Yeah, about you a just bit. you just skipped right <laughs> over that. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just skipped babies. right over that.
1: <laughs> no, are we, are we having babies first? We're we gonna get married first. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. we're gonna get married
2: first. Whatever uh, happens, we're just happy to like start our lives together yeah. and to get to know each other more and more and more.
1: Hello, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down The Real Housewives of Potomac in just a bit. I have Sasha from The Bravo Breakdown joining me for that chat. If you want to listen to the Potomac recap, I'll put the timestamp in the episode description so you can skip ahead. But before we get into that, I want to break down The Bachelorette, and I want to mention that I did a separate podcast episode about The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I did a separate premiere recap for that show. And you guys, I think it's a great recap. I was feeling Refresh, renewed, and rejuvenated with these new women in our lives. They're all great gals. The casting on that show, you guys, the casting on the Salt Lake City Housewives, it's five stars. It's perfect. Every last one of those gals has given us something different. So check out that podcast episode if you're interested in that. And uh, with that said, let's talk Bachelorette because we got Tasha as the new Bachelorette. And you guys, I'm new to this franchise, so I didn't quite realize what a difference it makes. To have someone who's genuinely invested in meeting other, these other guys who are there to suit her. And Tasha just seems genuinely interested in getting to know these men. Way more than Claire ever was. Because I don't think I realized like how this show was supposed to work. And seeing Tasha meet the guys, even they brought in four new guys. They brought him up in the limo. And Tasha seemed really into it. For a split second, though, one of the guys, his name is Spencer. This guy came in, and first of all, he's stunning. He looks a little bit like Tanner from Sean Cody. Gays out there know what I'm talking about. Gays, am I right? You know who I'm talking about. He looks a little bit like that. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's beautiful. And for a split second, I thought, uh-oh, Tasha's fallen in love at first sight. Which who among us? I mean, when Spencer got out of that limo, it was a panty dropper, right? I mean, come on. Let's call it what it is. But he is uh, going to be the new villain on the show. And I'm very excited. And Tayshia seemed into him. And I thought, are we going to get another Dale situation on here? But fortunately, it didn't seem like we're getting another Dale. But this this Spencer, do they have villains on this show? I guess they do. I'm assuming they do, because it seems like he's set up to be, that's what they're editing him as, the Spencer. Oh, and speaking of these guys, you know, I mentioned he looks like Tanner from Sean Cody. And I want to send out a nice thank you. If I could send you all fruit baskets, I would. But a lot of you emailed me or DM'd me or sent me messages online last week regarding Kenny. I had said on the show that Kenny, he was my favorite, the boy band manager with the tattoos. I said to me, he was the hottest man on this show. That was until I met Spencer. But even so, I loved Kenny. And after that podcast episode aired, a lot of you, a lot of you kind citizens sent me a link to Kenny's nudes, which were consensual. He did some modeling shots. They weren't, um, it wasn't like anything leaked illegally or anything like that. Kenny had posed nude. There's one photo where he posed with a rooster, a literal cock with his own out. And it was a beautiful thing. It's a sight to see, a holiday miracle, if you will. And so I just want to say thank you to all of our servicemen and women who sent me Kenny's nudes, because it was a really great day when that happened. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyway, we meet tasha She's mingling with the guys, and we're expecting there to be a rose ceremony coming up. But then tasha says, nope, no rose ceremony, not going to do it. And I'm really into the episode, and I'm thinking, I don't even remember Clarendale. I had forgotten about them at this point, and I'm already moved on to tasha And you know I loved Clarendale, but now, mid-episode, they just cut to Clarendale, and and we have a sit-down with Chris Harrison. And this stops the episode dead in its tracks, did it not? And I was happy to see these two, but I didn't miss them at the moment. And we sit down with them, and it's an interview, guys, that I think should be studied in journalism classes, because just seeing the body language amongst those two, and it felt to me a little bit like... Claire didn't really want Dale to talk. Did you guys notice that? And then if you studied Dale's face while Claire was talking, you could tell inside of his head, there was an inner voice going, what the fuck is going on? Right? Right? That's what he was saying, I believe. I thought that was the dialogue that was playing inside of Dale's head as Claire was talking about their future together. And maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I want these two kids to make it out uh, and be together forever. But I don't know that they will. Based on that interview alone, it didn't seem like it to me. If I was a betting man in Vegas, I'd put, I don't know, $3,000 on them not making it. Also, you guys, wasn't there like paparazzi photos or something of Dale with these two supermodel women? Did you guys see that? I don't know. I saw it as I was scrolling, so I didn't really look too detailed at it. It was on like Daily Mail or something. And I was like, Claire, ain't gonna like that. Mm Mm-mm. You know Claire don't like that in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of pandemic, Dale's out with these supermodel gals. What is that? I don't know. What's going on? We need to get them on the line. Let's get Claire and Dale on the show. We need to get them on. But seeing them sit down, it seems like weird that they put it in the middle of this episode. I know they wanted to like tie up the loose ends, but I think they should have put it at the end of the episode, but then ABC must have thought we'd all tune out if they did that. I don't know. It was a weird choice, editorial choice, to just have Chris Harrison sitting down. I don't know. Anyway, back at Taisha at the La Quinta Inn, she is doing this game with the men. She puts them all in Speedos. Five stars right off the bat. Put them in Speedos. Good job, Tasha. That's what we're here for. And you know, I know a lot of people are feeling like the men are too objectified on this show. I don't feel that way because for years and years and years, women have been objectified on TV. So it's about time that we objectify the men a little bit. Ladies, am I right? Okay, so then she puts them in the Speedos and they play this little um, swimming game. <laughs> It was basketball in the pool. I don't know why I just called it a swimming game. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> Never sound gayer than when I called basketball a swimming game. Anyway, uh, she puts them all in the pool to play their basketball swimming game. And all the men sort of hate Spencer because he's been the one that got the initial rose. And Tasha seems really into him, and he's stunning and good looking. So of course the guys are jealous. You know, they're all in a dick measuring contest on this show. All those guys, they got one girl they're all fighting over, and so you know they're all just whipping their dicks out. Um, Kenny was the first to do that, though he was ahead of his time. Anyway, we have them playing in the pool, and Spencer actually got his lip cut, and he needed a medic. Now, here's the thing: a medic came out of nowhere, out of the corner of the screen. All of a sudden, I see this medic pop into frame, and I'm thinking, where did that medic come from? And here, I was really going over the timeline in my head. I was thinking, okay, they filmed this in a pandemic. I know that we all know that they made them quarantine. That was a big thing, and so Tasha was. Mid-pandemic, as she was filming this scene, where Spencer got the lip cut, and the medic came out of nowhere, and I was just thinking, couldn't our medics be better suited or served uh, for our country in the middle of a pandemic, uh, somewhere else, somewhere outside of the Quinta Inn? I just thought, you know, maybe these people are safe. I don't know that we need a medic or a whole uh, healthcare team on the bachelorette at the Quinta Inn. I think we need to put them in the hospitals. We need to put them elsewhere. Let's let Tasha and Spencer just be safe over at the La Quinta Inn. And let's let our healthcare professionals serve people in the middle of the global pandemic and not have to just fix Spencer's lip. What was going on there? We got the whole medical team just sitting at the La Quinta Inn waiting for something to happen. Meanwhile, people are filling up in the hospital beds and everything. Let's get them in the hospitals. They don't need to be at the La Quinta Inn. Chris Harrison could have put a Band-Aid on Spencer, and that would have been enough. You know, I... Give Chris Harrison a CPR class and we'd be fine. We don't need a whole medic team. They could be going to save our country where they're needed. Instead, we got the whole medical team at the Kent Inn. What the fuck is that? Give Chris Harrison a CPR class. I mean, that's all we need. Anyway, um, he was really milking it, wasn't he? Spencer was milking it. Uh, but I didn't care. You guys, I, I was sort of digmatized by Spencer. I know he was the villain, and you guys are probably thinking, Danny, you're not being hard enough on Spencer, but it's too bad I was stigmatized. Who among us isn't? We're in the middle of this pandemic that I previously mentioned, right? I mean, we're all a little bit, I don't know. We're all looking. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, somebody had sent me a message and said, I, I need to stop saying ladies, am I right? And I thought, that's my favorite thing I say on this podcast is, ladies, am I right? Stupid. <laughs> Oh, it's so stupid. Anyway, okay, so let's see. Spencer gets the lip cut, needs the medic. Um, then Tasha chooses Brendan to go on a date with. So they're going to go on a separate date, and all of a sudden, a horse shows up. horse shows up out of nowhere at the Lakinta Inn. Where did these horses come from? Do they just have them on the playgrounds? Anyway, the horse came in. You guys know, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I've actually never ridden a horse. It's like one of those bucket list things that I've just never done. You guys, I'm from Ohio. Yes, there's horses there, but I never... I did take classes in a horse barn once. I mean, that's a tale for another time. I took like, <laughs> I took sign language classes with my friend Beth in a horse barn. I'm not really sure how that happened. You know, we might have to think about how that, how and why that happened, but I do remember going with my friend Beth, Beth Michigan. If you're out there listening, uh, we would go to this horse barn and take sign language classes in high school, and I'm unclear as to why. Um, but we did, and there were horses everywhere, but I never ridden, I never rode one before. And I always say, I tell my boyfriend all the time. I'm like, I need to. I feel like that's such a thing that everyone in the world has done. That I've just never hopped on a horse before. I've hopped on a lot of things before. I've ridden a lot of things before in my time, especially my single years. But I've never ridden a horse, and uh, that's something I regret. But I was thinking, what if Brendan has never ridden a horse? And as we were watching this, my boyfriend, who's watching the Bachelorette with me, he noticed that Brendan. He said, got on the horse wrong. He got. He either like went in front of it or. He was supposed to go behind it. I don't know. My boyfriend said he like went the wrong way around the horse. And so that was dangerous. So maybe we do need a medic there. I get that. Maybe the horse could have kicked Brendan right out of the La Quinta Inn. Brendan went away flying through the air off the La Quinta playgrounds. Could you imagine that? And it's not funny, but could you imagine? I'm just picturing Brendan's like beautiful body just flying through the air off the La Quinta Inn playgrounds because the horse kicked him off the ranch. You know, Tasha wouldn't even have to make a decision. She wouldn't have to worry about giving that rose to Brendan because the horse would have kicked his ass right off. Anyway, apparently he got on it wrong, um, but luckily the horse didn't react. Apparently, and again, I don't know anything about horses, so this is just for my boyfriend. Maybe Brendan did to get on the horse right. Who knows? What am I? To, what am I to say? Anyway, they're riding this horse around the playgrounds, and there's not a whole lot to look at. The look like, into end like there's nothing really going on. So Chris Harrison's really got to work overtime. He's doing his own stunts. He got on a scooter. Chris Harrison got on a scooter. He's running around. I could never picture Andy Cohen getting on a scooter. I could picture one of the housewives saying, where is your scooter, Andy? As we've heard NeNe Leakes say in a reunion. But I couldn't imagine Andy Cohen doing the kind of stunts that Chris Harrison was doing. So I was really shocked and surprised and really happy to see that. Because I thought, you know what? Chris is really working for these monies. So he's going around the playgrounds on that scooter. And he was doing different things, like giving him a cocktail. And, and I have, I worried about that, too. Like, I don't know that you should be drinking a cocktail on a horse. It's drinking and driving. I don't know if it was non-alcoholic or what he gave him. Maybe it was just lemonade or something. I don't recall. But I still think if you're riding a wild animal, I don't know that you should be doing other things. Just focus on that. You know, they got cameras in their faces. And also the horse. I'm worried about uh, the horse, too, because Chris Harrison's just driving around on an electric scooter. And the horse, what if it spooks the horse? At the Lakinta Inn, kick uh, Chris Harrison right off the playgrounds with Brendan. They're all flying through the air off to the <laughs> to the Hilton, sending him to the Hilton. The horses making the decisions on this show, uh, but luckily that didn't happen. But yeah, he was running around and he kept doing this funny bit. They thought it was funny. It wasn't really funny, but he was like chasing him around and like going. They were trying to make the Lakinta Inn playgrounds interesting, and I respect that because there's nothing going on here. They got to do something. Um, and nothing's, nothing's really working. And I, I'm interested in the editorial decisions they're making on The Bachelorette because they're trying to find things to do. Even they had Tasha writing in that fake journal, just like they had Claire doing. Did you guys notice that? I know maybe we talked about this last week, but Tasha's writing in the fake journal. What are they all writing in those journals? And can we put them on eBay? Let's get them on eBay because nothing's in those journals and they keep showing us footage of them writing in it. And it's nothing in there. And it's like, can we think of something else? Can we come up with literally anything else? We've got to come be, we brought a horse on the look into in playgrounds. We can certainly get something else besides a journal. I don't know. Can't we have them uh, set up a mini golf station? Maybe, or let me think here. I know I'm spitballing off the top of my head, a craft project. We can have them do some decoupage. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Or I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not a producer on this show. Maybe I should be because we're just watching them journal a lot and it seems like we're seeing them journal a little bit too much. And so to Chris Harrison and the Bachelor producers, I want to say, let's get some other things going on, some other activities. I'd even rather see Tasha reading a book than pretend journaling. Maybe just have her sit and read, I don't know, Da Vinci Code or something. Wouldn't you like to see that? At least at least I could feel like she's doing something. I feel like she'd be a better actress pretending to read the Da Vinci Code than she is when she's pretending to journal like Claire did. I mean, it's just not believable. Let's get anything believable. Maybe we could have them doing, I don't know, there's plenty of different activities. We're all in quarantine. I've been doing a puzzle this weekend. I'm not a puzzle person, but I've been doing a puzzle. Let's see Taysha do a puzzle in the look into You guys, the puzzle. Actually, I should mention I, I've been doing this puzzle that I got. It's a Carrie Underwood puzzle that it looks like her holiday CD cover, which is really just like two colors. It's like gray and red. It's the hardest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I opened it, and I was like completely overwhelmed. I had been seeing all these people in the pandemic doing puzzles. And so I thought, I'm going to buy this puzzle. It was a 500 piecer. And I don't know what I was expecting. I thought the pieces were going to be like giant and it would take me maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know what I- I'm not a puzzle person. So I open it and the pieces are so fucking small and it's two colors. Like it's impossible. Everything looks the same. And so I just got completely overwhelmed. And my boyfriend came in and he's like, "Uh, what is going on with you? Cause I was freaking out. I was like sweating. I'm like, I can't do this. I was pacing, <laughs> pacing the living room, just being like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now. I cannot do this. I, like, I snapped. I over. I got overwhelmed by the Carrie Underwood Christmas puzzle. And I snapped. I snapped just pacing in the living room saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. Not now. Not, to, not in 2020. I can't do this. I cried tears in my eyes. <laughs> I wasn't being quite that traumatic. But I was being a little bit dramatic. And he's like, what the fuck is going on with you? And I was like, it's too much, this puzzle. It's 500 pieces. They're small. I don't even know where to begin. I didn't even know where to begin. And so he was like, okay, I got this. And so I did like the tiniest little bit of the puzzle, like the easy part where it was just like Carrie's face. I did that. Which, by the way, you guys, this is neither here nor there. But do you remember very recently, maybe within a couple years, Carrie Underwood had like something happen to her face. And the PR that was surrounding that thing that happened to her face, it was as if she was the boy in the Share movie Mask. They were acting like her face was so, I don't know, so deformed. And I remember she was like putting out statements saying like, uh, you know, I'm going to look different and all this stuff. And I was like, she looked the same. She's stunning either way. Nothing. Uh, I, who would care either way? She's gorgeous gale. But it was just a weird PR thing. You guys remember that? I don't know. It's flashing back to me. Anyway, the point is I did her face on the cover of the puzzle. And then Matt had to take over from there because I just didn't even know what else to do. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, Tasha doing a puzzle? Why the fuck were we talking about that? Anyway, her and Brendan, they get off the horses, and they go in the pool, and they sort of make out in the pool. And I like this. I like this. I like this coupling. I hadn't really known Brendan before. You know, we're still getting to know these men, because even though we've been on the show a few weeks, it feels like I don't even know anyone other than Kenny. And the main reason I know Kenny is because I've looked at his uh, every body party owns. And so I'm interested to get to know this Brendan, some of the other guys. I'm curious to see if Spencer will get into it with the other guys. It seems like they're going to fight. That's exciting. I'm loving The Bachelorette, you guys. Here I am, out loud and proud with my love of The Bachelorette. So uh, you guys, with all of that said, let's get into Potomac. My guest is Sasha from the Bravo Breakdown. We talk about some other Bravo stuff, too, but uh, we also break down Potomac Housewives check out the Salt Lake City recap on the Everything Iconic podcast feed, and uh, check out my holiday spinoff podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, where I break down holiday movies. We just do little episodes where we take uh, holiday tangents with my friend Jenna, who's a writer and comedian. She co-hosts that with me. So that's a separate podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And uh, what else? Find me on social media. We got lots of great stuff at everythingiconic.store. Lots of wonderful holiday merch coming very, very soon, as well as some new stuff we got up there. So uh, with all of that said, please enjoy my chat with Sasha from the Bravo Breakdown. Uh, I love you guys. I will leave you with this chat. Goodbye. that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Karen, do you think you've been a little harsh on her about her clothing? No, I've
2: been very truthful. You know,
1: everyone agrees. It's no shame, though. That's her trademark, you know? Is her her trademark her um, poor taste in clothing, would you
2: say? It's
1: one of them. She's famous for that. She's doing her job. I'm here with Sasha Morfa. Uh, Sasha, how are you doing today, first of all?
2: I'm doing good. You know, coming off of a week of Salt Lake City. It's, it's been a good week, you know, going into a new week. I'm feeling good.
1: Right. We The Bravo Gods have blessed us this week with Salt Lake City and Potomac. Um I gotta say right off the bat I've been having some technology struggles this morning. Our power has been going in and out all morning, oh, no. so <laughs> i've been like a, I'm like a little bit out of it more so than normal um because every time the power goes out, the power comes back on, and like every light in our house turns on, and like all we have all these uh-huh. ro- all these robots in the house, like we have the <laughs> Alexas and so and every time the power comes back, it's like they all wake up and talk to us, and it's just been like oh, my a God. nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, morning, one of those mornings. Oh my God, one of those mornings. Like I, yeah, every hour since like 4 a.m. We've just been hearing like the series and Alexas oh, and all no, those was stuff. there
2: like something going on last night or just like a, a power outage in the neighborhood?
1: You know, we got an email that said it's just a power thing in the neighborhood. So okay. I, who knows? Who the fuck knows? But you who know knows? what? I'm happy we're here and I'm happy we're going to be breaking down the Real house with the Potomac. Yes. Uh, which... Let's just back up for a second. How are you feeling about this season of Potomac? Are you enjoying it? Where are you at?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot. I've had a lot of back and forth. You know, one, one week I'm team Monique, next week I'm team Candace, and I'm just pulling all different ways. This week's episode, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a hard one to watch because I hate to watch an entire cast isolate one person. But when she shows so little remorse, it's hard to feel sorry for her.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I feel similarly. I don't want the cast to decide to isolate the person. Yeah. I want I want like us to decide that. Exactly. And it makes it it makes it tough. And I do feel like we are missing something on the trip. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, did you see they filmed the reunion and it's going to be in person?
2: Yes. And it was 11 hours long.
1: Isn't that crazy? Dude,
2: crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. 11 hours of arguing? I mean, no. I could never, I could never.
1: And Sasha, I've interviewed a lot of these housewives and just one-on-one, the energy is very intense. And I was saying this uh, when I interviewed Andy a couple weeks ago, I was saying to him, I couldn't even imagine like more than one at a time because Mm -hmm. the energy is a lot. And the fact that he's just like sitting in the middle of all of these people for 12 or 11 hours or however long is insane to me.
2: Yeah, it's a very specific skill set. I feel like the only way that it works for him is because he is the head boss. So at the end of the day, it's like no matter how much they want to be in the spotlight, Andy's going to have the final say. So I think because of that, he's really the only one that can tame these women. But anyone else, I can't imagine, you know, being able to, to wrangle all these women.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And he was saying it might be four parts, which is, I don't know. There was have we one, had
2: a four-parter before?
1: We did have the one season of Atlanta that was four parts. And I remember it being actually like a decent four parts. Like it didn't okay. feel like it, it was the season. I Was it the uh, Kenya Porsche fight season? There was one season okay. in Atlanta where it was four parts. I mean, four parts is a lot. I usually kind of want two.
2: That's how I feel. I usually feel like after the the, fir- the the first two parts are usually really good and then the third one kind of is just like they're talking about stuff in the season that I don't care about. But I do think that because the fight was such a big issue this season, that's probably going to be a whole part, like just just the fight will probably be part two parts probably right. even.
1: Right? I know so, and I I can't believe they were in the same room together. I'm so curious what happened between Monique and and Candace at that reunion like I know. Did they get anywhere? Did they make up? Did anyone make up? And I think um, Andy was like f- uh, posting videos at the reunion and I believe it was like Karen and Giselle on either side of them. And I think those two have, to me, like the greatest frenemy relationship on television. And I'm curious to see what else happens throughout the season because there's always been this tension between them, but I feel like something must happen towards the end of the season between them that's even bigger than normal. Does that make sense?
2: No, I mean, yeah, I could totally see that. I saw it brewing last week with the whole Jamal conversation with Karen, because I think Karen's just fed up with watching Giselle sort of pull these spring strings and be a, you know, a sniper from the side and sort of pick on the weakest link. And I think, you know, Karen's probably had enough of that. And I don't, and Giselle, Giselle keeps saying like, oh, Karen's so private. She doesn't share anything, but I'm like, She's been talking about her and Ray's stuff this whole entire season.
1: Right. Like, what more do you want her to even like, say want? about Like, there's nothing else going on. She's been going to the life coach on camera. She's talking about right. life. And I don't like Giselle. I, I love Giselle, and I think she is important for the show. But there's certain times where I just feel like she crosses the line. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes Robin, too, where it's not even fun to me when she's stirring the pot like that. Or there, this episode, in this week's episode, when she was sitting at the pool with Robin, and they were talking about the hat photos – it, just oh. felt like, it felt so mean to me. Like I hated it, that. Right? Okay, good.
2: I hated okay. that moment. And that moment, I was like, okay, hey, you guys are living up to your name, the Green Eyed Bandits. Like, that is exactly what I felt that was horrible. First of all, Karen is gorge. Right. They wish they right. could look that good right. at her age. So for them to take her out because she's, you know, she's not the right sort of target general market that they're reaching for. I'm like, okay, really, really? That's I know,
1: but Giselle and I mean, come on. It's not like it's a hundred years between them. And also it's a, it's a hat line for your website. Like I'm not
2: not trying to, it was so petty,
1: but it was like the hat photos that Karen took looked fine. Like there were two of them. I was like, those look fine on a website amongst a million other hat photos. Like, right. It and was I'm confused, so like, what
2: is Robin's problem with Karen? Like, I understand, like, Giselle and, and Karen obviously have their thing, but it seems like Robin's just sort of, like, Piggybacking off of Giselle's beef because what, what beef does Robin have right. with Karen? Right. And I'm doesn't confused. it make you
1: sort of not like Robin too? I'm like, exactly. I hate Robin. And I, I used to like them more and I understood Giselle kind of like picking at Karen and it, it was fun to me. And I don't know, something switched this season. I don't know if it's just because I like Karen a lot this season yeah. or what it is, but I'm just like, I, I'm not finding it fun at all. And I also feel like I saw somebody say this online. Forgive me, I don't know, don't remember where I saw it, but somebody was saying it's like Bravo's trying. Trying to make Giselle the star of this show when it's really Karen and yes it's like I do feel that way I mean I don't know I, I don't I don't know I'm not loving Giselle
2: I, I feel the exact same way and the thing about Giselle is like she reminds me I I, I really feel like she reminds me so much of like a lot of, of like she, she gives me like Erica Jane vibes in the sense that Erica Jane will read a bitch in a confessional but then when it's actually in the scene she doesn't bring it right. and Giselle does the same thing she wants to shut it down like when the topic of Jamal comes up, she wants to shut it down and move on from the conversation. But in the confessional, she wants to read left and right. And I and I love Karen because she will, no matter where situation she she's gonna say what's on her mind, no matter how out of this world it is, because Karen will say some crazy stuff. And that's why I love Karen. But she Me says too. exactly what's on her mind in that moment and she doesn't hold back. Right. And yeah, it's and you're right, they have Giselle on all of the the panels, the movement in America Every and panel. chat room. And I'm like they're forcing her down our throats. I'm like, we, I would much rather see Karen everywhere that Giselle is.
1: Right. Or literally any of the other ones. like
2: <laughs> Anyone, but Giselle, Anyone. I am, you, let me tell you right now, I'm so glad that you feel this way because a lot of some people, Giselle, I feel like is very polarized. Some people love Giselle. Right. They think she's so fun. She's hilarious, but I see right through her. And I love Karen because Karen sees right through uh-huh. her. And she says everything that I'm thinking about right. Giselle.
1: Right. And I feel like with Karen or with Giselle and Robin specifically, I, you know, they've been very much icing out Monique and it seems like they, they have been sort of banding together. And what I like about Karen and Ashley as well, is I feel like they don't just go with the crowd. And I think on housewives, it's very easy for everyone to sort of group up and ice someone out or, or make up their mind about what they're going to film or what they're not going to film. And I just like that. Karen and Ashley, they, they sort of stand on their own in certain ways um, and that's not to say they aren't calculated in other ways. Of course they are. I'm one of these housewives mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. certain ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate. And even when Karen's in, like, sitting at dinner with the rest of the cast members, like I don't always know what she's going to say. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know whose side she's going to be on. Or or I, I feel like she's a bit more of an independent thinker than yes. maybe someone like Robin. I Absolutely. Know. I don't
2: know. Totally agree.
1: Uh, what did you make of the when Giselle was playing the pranks on Wendy with the snakes and the spiders.
2: I thought it was cute, but were having
1: more fun than us. Yeah. I was
2: like, okay, definitely going to fast forward through that. You know, when you're taking your notes, you're like, cool, there's here's a whole chunk of the episode that I don't have to worry about because I don't care. (laughs) And then they also show them watching the feedback, the playback of her doing it. I'm like, wow. Was it really that boring in Portugal?
1: Right. Right. I was shocked, Sasha. We're on a cast trip. I was shocked. Right. A lot of this episode mostly felt like filler to me. And I really thought this week was going to bring it because I thought, okay, we're on the cast trip. And forgive me, but I thought last week they showed on the coming attractions for this week that we were going to get into the Candace and Ashley stuff. And then we never did. I was like, what the fuck? We're watching watching these toys in the thing uh, put in Wendy's bed. And it just wasn't funny. I was like, they're having way more fun than I am watching it. I know. I'm never disappointed by Potomac, but this week I was maybe a little disappointed.
2: That was annoying. The only thing that made up for that was the dinner which was very revealing to see how much of a grudge Ashley was holding against Candace.
0: Right.
2: Because I like they had the whole conversation at Ashley's baby shower and I you know they seemingly had made up and I feel like Candace is really going out of her way and really trying to make a genuine effort to make amends with Ashley and Ashley's just not having it and it was very clear and I really appreciated Giselle and Robin telling Ashley like look we don't none of none of us Candace is annoying Candace everyone knows that but the girl is apologizing she wants to be a mom can we not move on and Ashley just won't let it go what do you why do you think that she just
1: you know what did she uh, say she's like the karma trains coming through right yeah I think she's held it in and I think she pretended to move on they had that sit down earlier in the season where it felt like they were they were moving on, but I don't think she's ever let go of it. And Mm -hmm. so it is just coming out, you know, was that the dinner where they, they showed some of the things that Candace has tweeted about Ashley. And I really thought that that is something I think Ashley probably held on to. And a lot of the, I mean, Candace is not great on social media. Like the things she says are
2: right. But I love Robin. I love Robin's defense of that. It's like, it's a character flaw. Right? She does it. to, And literally Candace will come after anyone on social media.
1: I
0: know, like
2: any any person, like any troll. I'm like, why are you wasting your energy on these trolls? So it's not she doesn't discriminate. It's nothing against Ashley in particular. That's just who Candace is.
1: What did they call her? Like butterfingers or something? It was making me laugh. I wrote down Sasha that some of the tweets that Candace wrote. uh, One of uh, these were all about Ashley. She said uh, regarding Ashley and Michael, you and your overseer. Your con <laughs> your concubine allowance and she called her a bed wench. And I was like, these are medieval terms. Like that. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Right. I like,
1: it's like, what are these terms? You- <laughs>
2: Where did you get these? Those are probably the terms that Candace's mom called her. Recycling them.
1: <laughs> it's just Generation after. <laughs> yeah. They started like way back in the Diller uh-huh. family, like early on in the 1900s and they just keep coming back and back. You she know? has her
2: whole roll of decks. She's like, hmm, Auntie Sam, let me see what what did she say to me a couple years ago? Let me pull that one.
1: She called me a Bedouin.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they did make me laugh, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
2: What, oh, okay. so I, I love how Candace is like, oh, yeah, I want to have a baby. A girl first. As if she has complete control over what she has first. She would be the type that's like, I only want to have a girl and then be so devastated if she doesn't have right, a girl. If
1: the girl doesn't come. Wait, Sasha, I'm just looking at my notes. Forgive me. Um, I want to talk to you about this really briefly. You take notes on these episodes too. Can mm-hmm. you explain your process to me? Because I'm looking at mine and I just have like a bullet point that says bed wench. <laughs> <laughs> I know we just talked that that's what she tweeted. But do you ever look at your notes when you're and just think like, what the fuck is going on here?
2: Oh, oh, absolutely. There, I'll be filming something and it'll be a whole like five minute chunk of me just like staring straight ahead and <laughs> thinking like, what could I have possibly meant? Or sometimes I'll just write this bitch. No idea what I'm talking
1: about. <laughs> I, I get confused. Oh, I'm laughing so hard. Um I get confused sometimes because I shorten names and I always shorten Giselle to Jizz and it just always like. <laughs> I'll be literally reading my notes and I have such a kindergarten mentality that when I'm doing the solo recaps, I'll be like jizz and a laugh in my head and then it just derails me for like five minutes. And I'm like, what is going on? But yeah, some of the notes are just so insane. And yeah, like I just have in big bold letters, like I highlighted, she hates Ray's dick. <laughs> we, she, we did to,
2: that. she did say that.
1: She did say that. We have to talk about that. Was that a reveal? Was that something brand new?
2: I've never heard it said. I think it was a reveal.
1: Right. So Robin said that at a party, Karen Mm -hmm. was really drunk and said that she hates Ray's dick. And I don't remember ever hearing that. I thought that was a complete reveal.
2: Yeah. I've never heard it before either. Are you shocked by it?
1: I was. I I was was, too. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that Karen would be like at a party. I understand that she gets drunk and opens her mouth more than she would normally, but to say something so specific, like I hate, Ray I know. Dick, that was shocking to me.
2: Well, even more specific, Danny, she said she had a tan clitoris. <laughs> Danny.
0: I, that I could, down to.
2: <laughs> oh my God. When she said she had a tan clitoris, I was like, wow. She went from her coochie stank to a tan clitoris. I'm like, wow, Karen is getting gutter this season.
1: I do really need her to drink more. Like, we're on vacation. Like, I... I need her to just have a little more than milk at dinner because I know. we need a spicy Karen because all of these little nuggets of information that were are being revealed about Karen, I'm like, this is so fun and interesting. And I, I think I was saying, to, I don't know where I was saying this, but I need a little balance on Potomac. Like they're all, I want them to get a little looser in terms of the libations. And maybe that is a character flaw of my own that I want people on TV to be a little drunk, but I just want there to be like maybe a little balance between like, the conservative way they're being, and like the roney women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Like, I just need like one totally. or two wild nights.
2: I, I agree. I feel that same way with like Potomac and also Atlanta. There's not, they're not heavy drinkers. Beverly Hills is a little kind of sometimes here or there, like they will get drunk, not roney drunk, but they will drink more so than the right. Potomac and Atlanta. I don't know what it is about those franchises that maybe it's just not as much in the culture.
1: Beverly Hills, we always get like a cell phone footage of them being like blacked out drunk, but it's not the professional setup. So they clearly, right. like, like Dorit and Kyle will wait until the cameramen are gone mm-hmm. and then they'll get wild. Um yeah, and
0: I
2: think I think Karen would maybe get loose more if she felt safe because you know Giselle and Robin like they have done are just waiting for her to right. say something so they can turn around and hold it against her, and then she probably thought she felt safe in Wendy's presence and she did the same damn thing.
1: And I don't you feel like um, Giselle and Robin they're holding themselves back from getting too drunk because they want to pounce on other people and they want Absolutely. somebody else to fuck up, and that's Absolutely. like so calculated. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. That's why when Wendy was like, oh, hurry up, you guys. I'm like so far ahead of you with the poncha drinks. I'm like, girl, they on the housewife. They know exactly what they're doing. They're right. not going to drink, but only a certain amount. Just to give them a little tips to loosen them up a little bit, but not so much to where they feel like they're out of control. Right. They know what they're doing.
1: Wendy wanted to get to Wendy. She to did. One day. She was like ready for it, but it was I like know. no one was helping her out. except were bartender.
2: <laughs> and then Candace was getting Ashley to chug her drink at the end there. I was like, all right.
1: Right. I did love Wendy was at the bar in the morning getting a pina colada and a robe. And that just, I mean, I haven't been able to travel. Obviously none of us have really traveled, but um, it made me just like miss a vacation. I was like, Oh man, what I would give for just like a pool pina colada and a robe or a bathing suit.
2: I know. I know. There's nothing like just putting on your robe and just putting, going straight from your robe to your bikini. That's the best, right? the best times.
1: What did you make of Wendy saying she only sleeps between two and four hours a night?
2: I was like, "What, well, damn! <laughs> you, don't you might you might want to adjust that because those I mean that's not good for the skin. You know, a black don't crack, but it can't withstand two hours of sleep. That's a that's a bit extreme."
1: Right, I feel like that's how I am after all these alarms have been going out of my power. <laughs> out. I feel like I have the bags under my eyes. I'm feeling. Nice.
2: <laughs> I was. I'm worried for her.
1: Yeah, it's you need it's more than two, two to four hours like everyone needs more than that. Yeah, and especially someone like her who's really got to be on top of it on her mental game. You know, uh-huh. like, being a political correspondent, it's like you got to be on top of things to go after uh-huh. some of these people. And I can't imagine doing that sometimes if I don't sleep a lot, like I literally feel like a zombie. I, I feel know like just a complete hot mess.
2: And now knowing that it makes sense why she came for Ashley so hard on the lake trip, because she's like, I haven't slept all week. To make sure that her baby and her family were, like, good to go. You know, that week she probably got one hour of sleep. And then Ashley shows up with her baby and her nanny. So she's probably, that's probably why she was so pissed.
1: She snapped. She snapped. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about this franchise and why. Specifically Potomac. I think it works really well to have... I I know we said there's not a huge age difference between like Karen and Robin, but I do Mm -hmm. feel like this franchise works well, having a variety of ages, whereas Mm -hmm. Roni this past season, I thought that was one of the weak points of the season was that we had like Leah and then the other women, it felt like so um, distant, if if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I'm curious what your thoughts are and like why you think Potomac Works having these a variety of ages for the women because, uh, you know, Karen's much older than Candace or Ashley, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like they're forced to be together in a way that it does when I'm seeing Leah and Ramona in a scene
2: together. Yeah, yeah. I think it works really well on this franchise because, honestly, because Black women have such a sisterhood Mm -hmm. and they're going to look out for each other regardless. So that maternal instinct that comes out of Karen when it comes to Candace it feels really genuine. It doesn't feel like a sick twisted mommy issue thing like how Ramona and Leah had going on. Right. And especially since like with the, a lot of the like I think Giselle and Wendy are both in the same sorority. So I think a lot of those things are those through lines really connect them regardless of the age. And I think there's enough in common. Like cand like there's a big age gap between Candace and Karen, but Candace and Ashley are very close in age. And then I mean Giselle is fifty. How old is Karen?
0: Is I
1: Eighty? No, I don't. Know. <laughs> she, she looks amazing. That was a bad joke. She looks amazing. <laughs> I'm running on little sleep, just like Wendy. I yeah, I don't yes. know. Karen, let's um, let's
2: say she's fifty-five. So I, yeah. I, 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 maybe she's sixty.
1: I think she's older than fifty-five. I would guess
2: sixty-two.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So maybe she's ten years older than Giselle, and
1: and Ray's much older than Karen, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's like twenty years older than her.
1: I feel so bad, not to go back to this, but I feel so bad that she hates Ray's dick. Like to be married to someone for so long that you hate their dick. It's one thing to like not be uh, having sex that often at that age, but to really just genuinely hate that person's dick, that's not too great. I
2: know. And to hate his dick and also be the one that has to be their aggressor. So you have to pretend like you like it, like come on to him. The fact that she has been the aggressor for this whole marriage blows my mind. Cause if it were left up to me to be the aggressor, we'd have a problem. Because I need (laughs) I need some back and forth.
1: Yeah, I I need a (laughs) mess. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, I I can't do all the work.
1: It's too. Of course, there's times where it's like too exhausting. You know, you don't want to be the aggressor, but then there's other times where it's like you only want to be the aggressor. Like it has to be a balance.
0: Mm -hmm. I can't imagine
1: going through a marriage that they've been together for so long. I know. Yeah. Do you think
2: that's the trade-off with like being a housewife that you have to be the sexual aggressor?
1: You know, I don't know. They are, to be a real housewife, you do have to have such a big personality and and an intense personality. I think most, let me think here. Do you think most housewives are an aggressor just in general, not necessarily sexually, but do you think most of them are type A? Like there's not a whole lot of subservient housewives.
2: I feel that the type of housewife that Karen is, which is similar to, you know, the Erica or the Sutton, like the people that kind of fall into the money, I definitely think that Erica is submissive in the home and outgoing and type A and dominant with the other housewives. So I think that Karen probably struggles with a lot of that. I definitely think Karen is submissive when it comes to Ray, but she's not with the women. So I think that's probably a very common thing with the housewives, especially if they're not self made. Cause you have the, I don't think that's the same maybe with a Lisa Renna, because she's been in the business for so long. She didn't have to really rely on a man to sort of give her the lifestyle that she wants. Whereas someone like Karen, she's never worked in her life. So for her, it's like if he wants me, I mean, I don't blame her. If I'm not working and you want me to be submissive, that's fine. I'd rather right. submit than go to work. <laughs> Wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. so i
2: think that's probably a common thing with the housewives that they're submissive at home and then when they get on the show that's their kind of their time to shine and really let their true personalities come out
1: sasha not to change the subject but did you see erica jane and tom are getting a divorce i haven't talked about that on this show what do you make of all of that because I, i i think we all sort of saw it coming i saw it coming i thought
2: oh yeah i wasn't surprised at all yeah I yeah. mean, she she spells it. I mean, the Giselle, uh, what not Giselle, Garcelle asked her, how's the sex? And she said, okay.
1: <laughs> you don't like so. his dick either. <laughs> uh, wait, did you see the, there's like rumors she's maybe with Scooter Braun or something? Did you I see have that? seen that. Okay, so wait, do you know any more about that? Because I just sort of passingly saw it. Is it true? I don't know any
2: more about it besides that it might be be true. And I actually think that's a good match.
1: How old is Scooter Braun?
2: Um, I don't know, but he's younger than her.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: but I don't know how much younger he is, but I know that he hangs out with Justin Bieber. So he's, I would say around his, around forties in his forties.
1: Now, don't we not like Scooter Braun though? Because didn't he try to fuck over Taylor Swift or something? I'm not exactly familiar, but oh, I think yeah. he like tried to fuck her over or something like that.
2: Yes. And we are not supposed to like him, but okay. I think that he would be a good fit for Erica because as we all know, you know, she wants to be a pop star and Scooter Braun is, got the magic touch. He reps Ariana Grande, Tori Kelly, Bieber, Amber Riley, a lot of really big pop, you know, singers and stuff like that. So I think that that, single, I think that he can make it happen because she's, you know, she's ready to cross over out of the dance world and do the mainstream thing. So it would honestly be a good pivot move for her. Yeah, I think
1: I love what you just said. You said we're supposed to not like him. And it's just so funny because I always think that with Housewives, it is you know, a lot of these housewives are monsters and we all, we always talk about that line, like, where is the line for us? And it's like, it is sort of funny to me because they're all monsters and we're like, certain ones we sort of turn a blind eye. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Certain ones we definitely don't turn a blind eye to, or at least me, but uh, yeah, I'm just always thinking about these people and it's like, yeah, we're not supposed to like them, but I do. Like, I think that way with Ramona Ramona a little bit, like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't I'm not supposed to like her. And then <laughs> and then she'll say or do something crazy that kind of makes me smile. But
2: She's the hardest one. I struggle with her so much because of yeah. exactly what you just said, especially as a black woman. It's just so, the st- some of the stuff she does is so cringy. I find it so fascinating to see these pictures that she's posting with Ebony. I'm I
1: like, know.
2: How is this happening? Right. Like, what is this conversation?
1: I know. I know. And I think we're going to get a lot of conversations about race and stuff in the next season of Veroni. Um, from what I've heard, I think they're having these conversations. And I'm curious. I think it'd be very interesting to see how these women who are these Upper East Siders who we've seen uh we've seen some of the things they've said and done both on the show and off the show. And I, I'm curious to see what these conversations are. I'm yeah. surprised they kept Ramona all, uh, around. I, I sort of thought that I thought they would have kept Dorinda and gotten rid of Ramona. I was certain that's the way they were going. And so I was surprised. When that decision was made,
2: I think Dorinda just had such a dark season, and Ramona was just being Ramona, right? Whereas Remenda, 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 wow, Coin that one. Dorinda was just shockingly disturbing for me, and I feel like the fans have such a strong reaction to Dorinda. I found her harder to watch than Ramona, to be honest. Cause she, mm. j- I don't like to watch someone just like bully and yeah. bulldoze and manipulate. Like Ramona's going to be Ramona. She's going to do her ism. She's going to be problematic. She's been that since day one.
1: Yeah. She's the person we know.
2: Yeah. But Dorinda yeah. kind of took a dive off the deep end this season. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I had, I a- was, no, go I, ahead, had, go ahead.
1: I had an aha moment with Dorinda where I was feeling my own rage in life. And, like about halfway through the season, and so I was like, "Oh, I get her rage at a certain point." Not to say that it was warranted; she definitely was being an asshole. Uh, but there was a certain moment I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm filled with rage too." I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: Aren't we all?
1: Yeah, yeah. Aren't this year's been it's tough. To be t-
2: it's been a tough year, exactly. Oh exactly.
1: Okay, so back to Potomac. We got to yes. see. We got to talk about the um, Ashley writing the statement on behalf of Monique now. Giselle and her confessional, it just said outright, which I believe was the first time that one of the cast members has said outright that Monique got rid of the footage from that party in the basement of Michael Darby grabbing the cameraman or whatever. I don't believe that we've heard that before. Of course, we all assumed it as viewers that Monique maybe you know, somehow lost the footage, got rid of it. And she did say there was just no cameras in the basement. But Giselle said that outright. And that was interesting to me that she just called it out.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's what I would speculate, but she doesn't know that, right? She's just speculating like the rest right. of us. It it was very like validating to see them say that. You know you are thinking these thoughts but to see the other cast members say that, it was really nice to see that. But you know, I mean, Monique will take that to her grade. That'll never we'll never get the the real answer to that question. Right.
1: But I appreciate that about Monique, by the way, too. Like just as a friend, I like that she's kind of ride or die in that way. Um, as a friend.
2: Yeah. <sighs> You know, and, I, and I've heard that about her, too. I have friends that, that are friends her. That was a heavy sigh, Sasha. That was it's a just,
1: heavy
2: sigh. It's just so hard for me because, like, I get it. Like, no snitching, the street cred, you know, snitch, get snitched. And I appreciate her loyalty. But what she's asking Ashley to do, I think she should be cashing in her loyalty card with something else. Like, this is not really the appropriate right. time to be putting Ashley in that position to sort of, like, pay you back for what you did for her. Because it's completely irrelevant. And I, I loved what Robin said. It's like, if you want it to involve Ashley, why not use her to give your character a better light? Say all the great things about you instead of bashing Candace. Right. And I didn't like that. Basically, Monique was using Ashley's grudge that she is holding against Candace. Like, oh, you don't like Candace either. Let's come together and take her down, essentially.
1: And, and I, I don't like yeah. that. And I also felt like Ashley was in, in between a rock and a hard place. Because it's like, what is... If some if Monique asked her to do that, what is right. Ashley supposed to say? She has the, she also has a loyalty because Monique helped her out, right? Which again, yeah. I just want to reiterate. I don't think it was, I, I don't think it was great that Monique hid that footage. If if she did hide that footage, right. I like the loyalty part. But yeah, if Michael Darby is like doing something inappropriate like that, then yes, we should call it out. And if there's footage, whatever. Totally. Um, but yeah, I feel like Ashley has no choice then. She's fucked either way because if yeah. she says no, then she's an asshole to Monique. Um, but also it is sort of inappropriate for her to be speaking on this situation that really doesn't involve her and that we saw she wasn't even in the room for this fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. And, and I, and I agree with, with what you said. I fault Monique a lot more in this situation than Ashley. Cause like you said, it's like, if she had said no to Monique, they no telling what Monique would have did. She would have like, "Oh, really?" And mm-hmm. then the footage maybe would have been out the next day. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to cover her own ass. So when it when, when it comes to Ashley, she's just in survival mode. She's like, "Okay, so do I protect Candace or do I protect my whole family and my husband's reputation?" So really for for Ashley, it's like, it's got, like you said, it's got very little to do with her and really more to do with her. Monique.
1: Is this not sort of Shakespearean though? Like as just as we're talking about the layers of this whole thing, I mean, like these are fucking layers to this mm-hmm. whole show right now, which you don't get on any other show on television. And so even though we said this episode was maybe not the best episode, it's like just talking about the layers that these women are going through about hiding footage and now having to give statements and the laws involved. And it's just... Oh, it's good. It's Shakespeare. I know
2: it's good. I I just love watching Robin like this episode and just the past couple of episodes because I don't maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but do you recall Robin being such a voice of reason and being the person that's saying what everyone's thinking? I don't remember her being that.
1: No, you're right. No, I don't remember that at all. I mean, and aside from the hat thing, I was really pissed at Robin for the hat thing. But aside from that, well, I'm liking. That. I'm liking her this season, Robin. Uh, you know, I the only thing I don't like about Robin is when she and Giselle get together. Get like, together. I, I always I love Robin when she's on her own. Yes. She's in a scene with literally anyone else, there was that scene early in the season when she was uh, hanging out with Wendy at the park with their kids, and I thought I love that scene. I thought it was like a great. It's great to yes. see these other, other sides of Robin that we never get to see. And Giselle, mm-hmm. when she's in a scene with Robin, I feel like just overtakes Robin's personality because Robin Absolutely. is much more of a chill personality or more of a laid back uh, approach, whereas Giselle is a, a more type A, I'd say. And I don't, I feel like we lose Robin quite a bit when, when she's in a scene with Giselle. And I
2: don't I like know, that. I hate that. And it's like the big, I feel like they have such a big sister dynamic because Giselle's about 10 years older than Robin. Even last year in the scene, when after Robin sort of called Giselle out at dinner about the Jamal thing and they went to the room and Giselle was like, why do you call me out in front of everyone? And Robin's like, you know, i am just, you know, right. you should just tell everyone. And then Giselle was like, oh, well, let's not talk about you living with your ex-husband. And Robin's like, I'm not saying my life is not messy. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. I'm putting my stuff out there. So why can't you? But then by the end of that conversation, Robin had basically just like submitted to Giselle was like, okay, I guess Giselle was like, just, just have my back from now on. Robin's like, okay. Okay.
1: Like she didn't, it's almost like Robin doesn't want to even argue with Giselle. She's like, you know what? Whatever. Just,
2: yeah. But she'll argue with anyone else on the show, but not Giselle.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I think they just have, I think on these shows quite often, like the women, they team up and pair up in certain ways off camera where they decide mm-hmm. they're not going to be going against each other or, or they almost have a truce. And I feel that way with um, Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle Richards. They always had a great mm-hmm. fren- frenemy thing going on, but I think in the early years, at least, I think they did have sort of an agreement and it was so interesting to watch them too because- you would see the the cracks in the armor or mm-hmm. or whatever that term is where there would be a scene or a reunion where you would see those two sort of feuding a little bit and then they would come together right away and it was like oh, okay you guys have an agreement you don't genuinely like each other but yeah. you have like somehow come together and i almost maybe that's what we're starting to see with Giselle and Robin where it's like we're starting to see the cracks come through a little bit mm. and maybe they aren't as close as we think or maybe we'll see more of this um, feud or uh, that's not the right term, but more of this distance between them. And I I think that would be really interesting. And I, I hope we just get to see more of Robin separately.
2: Yeah. And I feel like if Robin turns against Giselle, it'll probably be a Vanderpump moment. Mm -hmm. It'll probably be a Sia because Giselle can't stand on her own. She needs somebody. She's that type of person. She needs somebody yesing her. Mm-hmm. And in, in having her side. And if Robin turns against her, I don't, I don't think she'll, I don't think she would last, honestly.
1: Do you think uh, Candace and Monique will both be back? I know Andy said he'll keep the cast the same, um, but you know, I I'm sure so. that, yeah. Yeah. You think Monique. I think if,
2: oh yeah. yeah. I think if they, she's offered to come on the show, I think she would. I mean, come on, these girls, they want to be on TV, you know, it's fun. Otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to do not for lazy moms.
1: Right. Right. Well, Candace also said she won't film if Monique is she won't film with her or something like that. But that's not true. (laughs) She will.
2: (laughs) Because what else? I mean, come on. You're going to pass up that gig. I think that I I mean, I like when
1: they think uh, all these housewives, I like when they think they have the power over. Right. uh, (laughs) It's
2: like, okay, okay. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see if if at the reunion, Monique ever actually looks Candace in the face and says, I'm sorry. Mm. Do you think it'll happen? What's your prediction?
1: No, I think Monique had tweeted something like, uh, I, it was a long day, but I slept great. Meaning, yeah, kinda, I don't know, I felt like she left the reunion feeling good about herself. And so I don't know. I I, I don't know. I would like, to, I want Monique to show a little bit more remorse about the situation too. Like, I, yeah. I it's frustrating to me that, you know, she is taking some accountability, but it's not, it, it doesn't feel like enough. I, I understand where the other women are coming from, where they feel like it's not enough.
2: Well, right, because every time she says, oh, yeah, she didn't deserve that, then the next thing that comes out of her mouth is, well, she shouldn't be egging anyone on. And then it's like, (laughs) you just canceled out your apology by saying that.
1: Uh, Sasha, do you have any other thoughts about this episode or this season?
2: Well, yes. So Karen's little walk away whenever Giselle dropped the bomb And she's like, oh, thank you for that tea. The ring is coming. The The ring is coming. coming. I was like, yes. And she walked away with her little walk. I love that. She was about to spoil it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think um, both Karen and Giselle, Karen more than anyone, I think, on this show, she really delivers a soundbite or a moment or, or something that's really genuinely funny that doesn't feel like scripted or that someone told her to say or do. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It Mm -hmm. feels like natural.
2: Oh, yeah. I love it. And sometimes she's a little, like, I'm a little nervous when I watch Karen real time because I'm like, oh, is she going to get it out? Is she going to land it? And she always lands it. Right. Uh, Like last week with the, Giselle lives in your phone. It's like that came to her as she was saying it. She's like, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Giselle lives, Giselle. Jamal lives in your phone. That uh, came to her and that was such a great soundbite in the moment.
1: I like seeing them shop in that marketplace, but you know, just in general, this trip, I I don't know what they needed something more. I I don't know. Maybe next week will be great. It looks like there's some sort of sex party and that looks like it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But for such a big vacation, I feel like we needed something else. Like the big centerpiece of this episode was them putting like fucking spiders and snakes in Wendy's bed and like that's not enough for a castification. We need something else. You either need to get like drink a little more, get a little wi We don't have to be drunk necessarily, but we need something more dramatic.
2: Something, yeah.
1: Something happening because if even if we're going to lean into the comedy, it has to be better than like we're putting a fake toy in Wendy's bed.
2: Right. Right. And then how they tricked us with the tease when really it was coming. Hey, next, what week. Was that, I was like, okay, was so, so they're just I'm like, well, when is this happening? Okay, so you're just laying the foundation. Okay, so you're gonna tell her next episode that you're gonna write up the statement. Have that was you ever so seen rude. That was Have so you rude. ever seen the 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 when they are pushing them down the hill on that cart? I've never seen that in my life. Never, have you?
1: No, I've never seen that. That was crazy. It didn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, what was what did they call that? I've heard no, the idea. name I've heard the name of what they called it, and I can't think of it right now, but no, I've never seen that in real time. Also, I like that um, Wendy and Karen were in that thing together when they clearly hate each other.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that was
1: good producing. That was a good Sasha. one. Yeah. That was good producing. That was
2: a good pairing. I was like, okay, that'll, that'll, that'll be a bonding moment. So if they both almost die, that'll bring them closer.
1: Also, you know what I was thinking? I was like down the road, you know how on Housewives, they'll sometimes use footage like that to prove that these two were friends at one point. So I was mm. thinking like in two seasons, they're going to be like, well, at one time, Wendy and Karen were such good friends. And they'll show <laughs> us that footage as if it's like enough to just demonstrate that they were really close. You know? They right. <laughs> They know how to use the footage.
2: They do. The editors, they, you know, they're very gifted.
1: Those brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors. Sasha, Mm -hmm. tell me about your show.
2: Well, it's called The Bravo Breakdown. I started it at the beginning of quarantine, needed something to do. I'm an actor. So, you know, once everything shut down, wasn't getting any auditions, wasn't going out. So I was like, okay, I'm obviously going to watch Bravo every day for the rest of my (laughs) life. What other choices there to be? What else can I do? Right. Um, so yeah, I just started making the videos, breaking down the episodes. I started with Vanderpump. Can you believe it? That seems oh like God. ages
1: ago. It seems ago. like a lifetime ago.
2: I know. So started with Vanderpump and then, you know, did Beverly Hills and Roni and I just break down the episode, give him my, you know, my hot takes, what I think about it. Black girl, person of color perspective.
1: What do you think's going to happen with Vanderpump Rules? There was just a story in E that they still don't have any plan to come back. I think they'll, they'll be back for sure. I believe, but
2: um yeah was that where i heard an interview i don't don't know if it was was your interview with andy somewhat an interview i heard somewhere they were saying that they actually think that they would have a lot more of a storyline
1: yeah andy was saying he thinks that reopening a restaurant sort of post pandemic or during pandemic is like an interesting thing to do uh but I'm I'm mostly curious. I don't know what the cast is going to look like. I know. I, I don't know that anyone's interested in seeing like the baby stuff. And I know. The, so like I understand. I think the restaurant. I think he was right in saying like that. I I think that's is interesting, as long as it feels organic and the people working there are organic. But like then how do we follow Sheena having a baby and Lala having a baby if? We're doing an organic storyline about reopening a restaurant because right. Sheena's not gonna have a newborn and then checking into her shift at sir.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't I weird. don't see how it's gonna I don't know how it would work with the same <laughs> cast. And I don't care to see any of the new people. Like I don't wanna watch a show of just the new people.
1: I know. Especially after Dana posted that photo on Halloween of her as sexy Ruth Bader I, know, I was right? like, that's a hard pass on Dana at this point.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I can understand a thirst trap, but that was a bit much.
1: No, and I, I even understood sort of her thought process behind it. Like, I think she was going right. to be very funny and clever. I, I, I get the thought behind it. Totally. But, but then she should have looked at it and then <laughs> reevaluated. Right. Yeah, it was shocking. And I, none of us have enough attachment to her anyway for right. us to be you know interested in like fighting for her to come back.
2: I still find it so weird and like culty and creepy that they really did all get knocked up at the same time. It's like w- weird to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's they strange actually too. Did that. Yeah. I-, I thought it was sort of like that pregnancy pack that they had joked about. I thought it was a, I thought a it was joke. a joke and now we are learning it's not. But you know, one of the things with Vanderpump Rules, I've been thinking about it. I know this was a Potomac. We were here to chat Potomac, but since I got you, um, one of the things I was thinking about with Vanderpump is like, we started the show. And I think part of the appeal as the audience members was that, and this might sound sort of sick and twisted, but I feel like the audience, we felt like we had it more together than they did. Mm. And so it was a, you know they were struggling actors. They lived in shitty apartments and were trying to get work and all of this stuff. And their relationships were a mess. And so I think as an audience we felt like, oh well, we're the same age, but we or, or we're around the same age, but we at least have our shit together more than they do. And so then now seeing them have babies and then live in these gorgeous yes. houses, it's just like the uh, now the audience we don't want to see that because we don't. It's not the same feeling. We don't. Feel, Absolutely. We, if anything, we feel like mad like oh we created like they tricked people. us they tricked us and now they're richer than everyone uh-huh
2: <laughs> yes you know what that is that wow you just hit the nail on the head that is exactly what i feel from watching that show because you're right when you're watching the housewives you're not looking for that same feeling right. you're in the fantasy world you're getting to you know get a slice of life of what it's like to live this luxurious lifestyle But when I started, it took me forever to watch Vanderpump because I used to work next to the Sky Bar, which is, you know, the Sky Bar. Yeah, yeah. I used to work downstairs. So I I just was like, oh, my God, I'll never watch because it was so close to home and I just felt like shit watching the show. But when I eventually watched it, it's like you said, it was such a warm hug because I was like, well, at least I'm not sleeping with my best friend. At least I'm not doing this. And you're right. Now I don't get to have that feeling anymore. So why do I need to watch it?
1: Right. Right.
2: While we're over here, you know, trying to get a Patreon going.
1: Right. I know. Tell people about your Patreon. So.
2: Yes. Patreon.com, honey, slash the Bravo breakdown. I've made, I've moved a lot of my content over to the Patreon because, you know, I noticed when I started making my videos, that a lot of people, they put out a lot of free content and I have worked for free for a very long time. As an actor, you are expected to work for free. I mean, I didn't book my first speaking role for five years. And prior to that, I was just doing anything I can get my hands on. So I think by the time I started making and creating my show, I was like, okay, I'm definitely not doing that anymore. I was burnt out on the whole, you know, throw whatever you can throw at the wall and hope it sticks. Mm -hmm. So once I moved over to my Patreon, I was like, okay, I would rather have people, uh, you know, you want to have, I'd rather have people that value me and are loyal. And they think that my content is valuable enough to pay for it. Rather than just putting out all this stuff and hoping that something sticks so I totally relate to the idea of like okay what is my art what what is my art and how can I make a living off of it and then it's just so hard to watch somebody else doing their art but then they're duping us but then we're talking about it as if as something that we see that it's not really what it is I listened to an interview with um, Bethany and Dorinda on Bethany's podcast and I'll never forget Bethany was like You know, Bethany, she's kind of like bitter about the show. She's like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't care. She was like, uh, everyone thinks they love this show so much and they think they're such hardcore fans, but they don't even know what they're really watching. And I was like, whoa. Obviously, I know that because, you know, when you work in the business, you know that it's all contrived and produced. But when Mm -hmm. she said it like that, I'm like, I wonder how much I really know of what I'm watching. Like, I think I know.
1: Right, right.
2: But how little do you and I, even people that work in production and things like that, how little do we even know?
1: Right. Uh, With your Patreon, though, I do think it is so important for for listeners in general, but people, anyone, if you're consuming someone's art online, if there's a way that if you're able to pay them for the art you're consuming, it's important to do. Mm -hmm. If you have the means to do it, because we're all trying to make all this shit. Totally.
2: It's, and yes, we make it for fun, but you got to eat.
1: Right. And, and that's, that's why it's, these, a, it's a lot of time to do all this shit, isn't it? Like, it's a lot of time. We're pulling back the curtain on all of this stuff. I know. Right I know. I, like- I
2: know. And I hate, I hate it. Cause I know it's like, it's like with the housewives. nobody, I mean, they like a fourth wall break when it's, you know, every now and then, but for the most part, people don't want to know that they just want to consume, consume. That was the biggest thing when I started my, cause have never had an Instagram page or any, I never created content. I've always just been an actor, learn my lines, show up. And I've actually found this process really empowering because it's always been, oh, I hope they pick me. I hope they pick me. I hope I'm the right shade of melanin. I hope I'm tall enough. I hope my hair isn't too kinky. Oh, should I have got my hair twisted? Oh, did I lay my edges around? Do I look ethically ambiguous? Oh, should I do that? Like all these little things that make it to where, am I that certain type of black girl that they're looking for for this commercial even? Just to stand there and like eat a fry for a McDonald commercial. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, I went to a, an audition and I didn't book the role, same casting director. And then somebody uh, in the lobby, another black chick was like, oh, this casting director doesn't like your texture hair. She likes a looser curl. Ugh. So I went and got a wig, went back the next week, auditioned for the casting director. And she didn't even realize she would already seen me. And I booked it just with a wig on wow. because night the texture of my hair was too black. Pretty much. I had to get a looser curl. So that's kind of what I'm used to being an actor to where I have to fit the mold and make myself digestible for them. And so to be able to have this platform, which I'm so appreciative with my Patreon and my Instagram, it's like, I just put my content out there. And then people And same with you. I mean, you are, I mean, you already know you're iconic, you're brilliant. You're, I mean, you were just killing the game. And you are you. You are who you are. I listen to your podcast because I want to hear Danny. I don't necessarily come to your podcast because I want to hear you break down every, dissect every little detail of the episode because I watched it myself. But I come because I want to hear, like, what's Danny going to say? Because I feel like you're a friend in my head, you know? Thank you. And that's why I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful for Bravo, I'm grateful for these housewives. Because there's not really many other things that I want to sit down and talk about (laughs) for hours on end. Like I'm not interested in anything else. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what else are we going to talk about besides the housewives?
1: Right. I know. I there's not that many things. We are truly blessed, right, to have Bravo and uh, Sasha. This was so fun. It was such a delight. I feel like we could have chatted forever. And so thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell people where they can find you on social media.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm on Instagram slash The Bravo Breakdown and I'm on Patreon.com slash The Bravo Breakdown. I put out breakdowns on my Patreon, exclusive breakdowns. I put out clips on my uh, Instagram feed, giving my hot takes, just sort of my thoughts on the episode. My next breakdown's coming out tomorrow for the season premiere of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So you guys can look out for that on my Instagram. And, and it's $5 the- a month, just $5 a month yeah. on my Patreon. So
1: subscribe, subscribe. Thank you for coming on. I hope you'll come back another time. And um, I hope everyone goes subscribes to your Patreon. You can find me on Patreon too. I'm patreon.com slash everything uh, I'm recapping Sex and the City over there from the beginning, which is wild. Um, and you can get those episodes for just $4 a month. Uh, or more and uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back uh, later this week with uh, Salt Lake city recap. Bye guys. Bye Sasha. Bye. Thank you.